first chapter this evening, 2 Timothy. I think most of us are having all the same type of evening this evening. We're all running a little behind. You feeling that way tonight? That's how I, that's how I felt tonight, running a little behind. And uh, uh, we, we about tripled, maybe quadrupled our, our number of people coming in between the starting song to the ending song. That's okay, you know. Um, I'm learning more and more that uh, uh, two children is a lot, and uh, um, that's where those of you who have more than two, you say, yeah, yeah, right, right? But uh, uh, we, it's, all, it's all a juggle, right, a transition of life, and um, uh, Caleb is just, he's, he's a handful. Mr. Anderson tells me, though, that he was quite a good kid, so I don't know what you guys did that we didn't do, right? Um, he... Uh, He's something else, but uh, uh, we're just thankful for thankful for the gift of children. Um, just sharing some things with you here. We're, uh, I was excited to hear today uh, the church I served in in Texas. They finally have found a youth pastor. Uh, it's right, pretty much right at two years, and uh, the Lord just hadn't hadn't given them one at that time, and it was it been a little bit difficult, and you know. So there's a part of me that having worked with the teenagers that, that were there and then seeing them without somebody there, you know, there's a, uh, you, you know that, that it's not the same, but uh, I'm glad to see that they've got a man that's there and that was encouraging to know. And, and uh, things coming up this week, we've got our um, evangelist is coming in uh, from Neighborhood Bible Time. They're sending an evangelist here to help us. My father is actually getting a double benefit. They're having Bible Time this year themselves. Uh, but that's not for two weeks, and I guess they, they, for whatever reason, they had more guys than they did meetings, and so he's got the guys like a whole week early, and uh, so I don't know what he's going to do with them, take them out fishing or something like that, but uh, um, that's okay. So Philip's waving at me. I've got it on me, but I don't have it on. Thank you, Philip. Appreciate that. And, um, but uh, anyway, well, we're, we are excited for this coming week of Bible school. I hope that you are, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do, and um, some of this will be a little different for both of us in some ways, but uh, thank you for the group we had out uh, yesterday setting up for decorations. We, uh, I'll be honest with you, we didn't have a big group, uh, and I hoped maybe we'd see more, but uh, we had enough. We got some things accomplished, and uh, next Sunday night, uh, if not beforehand, we'll actually be uh, taking the stage apart and uh, uh, putting up our props and all that sort of thing. So to make a mental note, we can use your help with those things. I, I say it yet again, there are a couple of you that uh, I, I'm seeing now that I know I haven't talked to you about Bible school. If you know that you're not on something for that week, catch me afterward because uh, knowing my brain, I will forget. Uh, but uh, uh, we want to see us all involved in some way. And um, uh, I just, uh, uh, we're hitting crunch time. So I'm trying to make sure we got all of our bases covered and I hope that uh, you can be a part as best as you can. Uh, we've been going through uh, the book of 1 Timothy, and we find ourselves in 2 Timothy. I debated whether or not to step into this, but uh, uh, here we are. And so uh, I don't intend to be long tonight, although you know how that is with preachers. But uh, we'll begin uh, this evening in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and in verse number 1. The Word of God says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and, and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers uh, with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. 
greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. Uh, this is an awfully nice letter, could we say, to see starting off. And um, especially to hear and, and uh, to hear someone tell you they're praying for you. I think it's of importance. I've marked my Bible in verse 3, prayer, that there is prayer without ceasing, without ceasing. And may it be said of us that our prayers for one another is continual. It's not, uh, uh, you know, uh, it is constant, let's put it that way. It's not with any uh, lack in the midst. And, and, you know, we give out a prayer list, and, but if you, we truly took the time to pray for individuals, uh, we could have lists upon lists. And um, I'll be honest, I've gotten out of the habit as well as I used, used to do, but uh, I had, had gotten to a point where I had uh, a list that I was continually adding to of people that I knew, whether in ministry or, or not, and, and uh, uh, that were even outside of the ministry as in this church or uh, their west side in Texas. And I, those were just people that I prayed for consistently on my schedule and, and um, adding to that list, uh, having a, a without ceasing prayer life. It's always good to know what others are praying for you. Amen. Amen. And uh, here we find of Paul, uh, I'm praying for you without ceasing. And he says in verse 5, speaking of him, uh, speaking of Timothy, he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Uh, Timothy has a, has a great heritage that we find. But in verse 5, the, the word of God speaks of that unfeigned faith. And uh, we find uh, that as his family was faithful, so uh, Paul finds Timothy also to be a faithful man, a faithful to what God has called him to do. And though in the midst of tears and, and uh, times of discouragement and under, ununderstandable moments, yet God uh, had so worked in Timothy's life, helping him to stay faithful to that which God had given him to do. And we find ourselves now uh, in verse number 6 um, and through uh, really about verse number 10 where he, there's a, uh, a challenge which is now inserted within this introduction. And so I want to walk through these verses uh, with you and just just help to hopefully break down to you that which uh, is applicable also to our lives. We're reminded that though Timothy a pastor, a man of God, yet all of us are to be men and women of God. This is not a um, passage of scripture that is exclusive to those who are in ministry because uh, the truth be told, we all have a ministry. And so we find in verse six, the word of God says, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel, according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Let's pray. Our heavenly gracious Father, we ask this evening that you would speak to us and that your word would become clear. I pray that you would help me this evening uh, to have the words to say, clarity of thought, and may your word uh, be clearly understood this evening to each of our hearts and the application that you would have for us. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse number six, he uses the two-worded phrase to stir 
up, to stir up. Uh, and what is it that we are stirring? The gift of God. Those words stir up literally mean to rekindle, to rekindle. I can remember as a boy, uh, I, you know, uh, we used to, back in the day, uh, they don't actually anymore, but being out in the, the part of the country in which we live, we would always burn the trash. And so when I became old enough to be able to light a match and know that I wasn't going to burn the house down, uh, I um, actually enjoyed burning the trash because you just, you're playing with fire, right? And so it stayed in the barrel, okay, don't get too concerned. But uh, um, I can remember, you know, sticking that trash in that barrel and sometimes it would hit something that's damp or whatever and it would go out. But if uh, Dad always had this piece of rebar that was bent over and it was long enough that you could just poke into that fire and just, just stick it a few times and usually that flame would just perk right back up again. Uh, what we find of uh, Paul in his charge, which he gives to Timothy, is to stir up. Not to get rid of what is there, but to stir up what is there. Uh, can I say to you, sometimes, if we're not careful, uh, we, we could be in one of two categories. Either the fire has gone out, or we're trying to start new fires. But in, in many cases, it's simply that we just need to stir up the Holy Spirit, stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit within our life. And so uh, this is the context in which we find is he's referring to the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that can be used uh, within the work of God. And so that rekindling in 1 Timothy chapter 4, why don't you turn there with me, keep your finger here, 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 14. The Word of God says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. And this was uh, yet another challenge that was given to Timothy. But in this verse, he tells him to neglect not the gift. Uh, we're not forgetting that God has given to us gifts through the power of his Holy Spirit. Uh, but those gifts, could I say to you, sometimes uh, the fire that was once within them dies out. Uh, I, I was thinking just today in my own life, how that uh, some of the fire uh, that uh, was in me, even upon um, God bringing me here within this ministry and, and uh, beginning the work here, some of that fire needs to be re-stirred. Uh, God gives us all gifts. God gives us all desires. God impresses upon our hearts different matters. But could it be tonight that there are some things that need to be rekindled in your life? Could it be that the gifts and the desires that God had given to you and where once you uh, were uh, moving forward for God actively, yet maybe now you've taken a few steps back? Uh, I mentioned to you about children. Uh, I think probably that's one of the greatest temptations. You parents could probably agree with me. With having children, as life becomes more busy, and if we're not careful, we can allow the fires that we have for God to go out uh, because we're now we're distracted on a different level. Uh, not necessarily bad distractions, but our focus is elsewhere. I'm talking to many uh, younger parents just the same. You know just what I'm talking about. Uh, that sometimes that fire where once it was easier to keep it burning and just keep that focus, yet now the more things that come into our life and the transitions and the stages of life uh, begin to, to blow the flame out. Do you need to be rekindled? Do you need to stir it back up? If God has given you gifts and desires and intents of your heart that have been and can be used for His honor and His glory, 
Are you using them? Are you using them? And are you using them to their fullest extent? Um, the Bible tells us to stir up the gift of God. Uh, don't neglect it. Notice what he says in the following verse, verse number 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The, 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 the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which each of us have as God's people, is, is not um, one that should be producing a concern, a, uh, a worry, a fretting of anything within life. Because the Holy Spirit who lives within us, if we're giving Him His rightful place, that's not going to have its priority. But when we get so busy in life and we push the fire of the Holy Spirit out of our, uh, out of, uh, our intense, uh, intended desires of our heart, uh, what begins to happen is now uh, we are not letting that power of the Holy Spirit um, have its rightful place. And so now we begin to try to juggle things in our own strength and our own power. And when we don't succeed, we worry. And when we don't succeed, we fret. And when we don't succeed, we get discouraged. Because the truth of the matter is, the Christian life was not meant to live without the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we find in this passage of Scripture that Paul's encouraging to Timothy. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life. Because there are things within the Christian life that are inevitable. And they are to be expected. And without God's power within you and, and uh, without you abiding in the Holy Spirit, abiding in Christ and letting Him have His rightful place using, uh, letting your gifts be used for His honor and His glory uh, you will continually fail. Uh, the Christian life um, is, is meant to be a life that is following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, are you letting the Holy Spirit have His way in your life? Maybe it would be this evening that the Holy Spirit is pricking your heart about some things that you know you need to rekindle. What do you have to establish within your home? What do you have to neglect instead within your, within your life so that you can stir up, so that you can get the flame, the fire for Christ going once again? Oh, what a, what, what a church we would be if each of us were so on fire for Christ that 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 was the highest priority. Life can become so busy that we, we, we have second tiers, third tiers, fourth tiers for things of life. But the fire of Christ should be continually burning. The fire of Christ should be continually burning. Um, when uh, uh, in our home, uh, that many of you know we've now been in for right in a year, uh, we have two sources of heat during the winter. Uh, we have the actual furnace itself, and uh, then we have a wood burner. And uh, what the, the previous owners hadn't used the furnace at all, and so as many of you know, you have to that, that there has to be a flame that's starting in there uh, to begin with. I'm not thinking of the name of it. Somebody help me out. The pilot light. Okay, you got to get the pilot light going. And I remember trying uh, when we first moved in the house to get that pilot light going. And there was something. Something was bent, and we had to have it come in and get replaced, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but uh, for, for some, maybe you put it out, but generally speaking, that pilot light, it stays burning. It stays on. Uh, they, you know, they, some people like to turn it off, and that's apparently what the previous owners had done. But it's, it's a fire that keeps 
burden. The Christian life is meant to be a life that's being led through the power of the Holy Spirit with a fire that keeps burning. There's never a time in which it stops. In every season of life, it's still burning. Whether it's summer or winter or spring or fall, that fire is still burning. Are you following me? The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit uh, should be continually being stirred. We're letting him have his way. And by the way, if we're letting those gifts become, be stirred up, that means we're being open and receptive through our conscience and or through our mind so that when God does speak to us, that, um, uh, that we will understand the areas of life that we can do better in, that we can move forward in, that we can uh, give more attention to concerning our relationship with Christ. And so uh, the Bible tells us to stir up the gift. Verse number 8, he says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. The second challenge which he gives to Timothy in this passage of Scripture is to be not ashamed. Be not ashamed. The testimony of Christ. Can I remind you that suffering is part of the Christian life? Now think about that for a second. Suffering is part of of the Christian life. Uh, the, the, you, you cannot ever expect to live for God and let the fire of Christ burn through you and there not be any amount of suffering. Now I'm not talking about you know, you're suffering, you don't have water, or you're suffering, you don't have food. You know? uh, we're, we're speaking of suffering to the extent of uh, it's not easy. There will be pushback. It, it will take determination. There will be times in which you stumble and fall and you'll need uh, to get back up and go again. Uh, you, you will fail. It, it will not be easy. But the Bible tells us be not ashamed. An unashamed individual is one who's boldly allowing themselves uh, to be seen for Christ and, and to be seen for their relationship with Him. Um, I've been seeing some of the teenagers that were uh, in the youth group together with me are now finishing college and you know they're meeting uh, they're significant others, you know, and I just saw one uh, video that uh, one of the boys uh, uh, that was in the youth group posted, in, or should I say his girlfriend posted, and it's, it's completely a video of him and his girlfriend, and, and this whole video, he's just like, literally just like looking at her the entire time, and uh, uh, that's, that's unashamed, okay, that's an unashamed relationship. I'm just, I'm just desirable to have this relationship. I just desire to be together with this individual. And the relationship which we're speaking concerning Christ is one that is unashamed. I desire to so be with Christ to make him known, to, make, to let him be heard, to let him be seen through my life by the way that I'm living, by the things that I do, the words that I choose, the people that I spend time with. Uh, my, my choices in life are an unashamed of the testimony of Christ's life. May that be us, amen? amen? That we're unashamed of Christ and all that he's done for us and who that he's made us to be. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, and we'll look together at verse number 10. I would say uh, likely a familiar verse to many of us, but uh, one as we consider the subject tonight that um, can be con considered uh, further. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 3, in verse number 10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished. I'm sorry, I'm in chapter 4, chapter 3 and verse number 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That sounds more right, okay? Uh, here's the desire that I may know him. The unashamed individual desires to know Christ, to have a relationship with Christ. The power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. I'm alive in Christ. There's a fellowship which I have with him to the furthest extent that I desire. I, I, I am brought joy when I'm in the times of suffering because I can at least catch a glimpse of that which Christ has done for me. The fellowship of his suffering. The Christian life is, uh, is not a life that excludes suffering. If you're looking for a life in which there are no discouraging times, you're, you're, uh, you're looking in the wrong place because the Christian life uh, contains just that. Uh, but when our lives are so linked in a relationship with God, it's that suffering which we're speaking of. The it's not easy life. I was just talking to somebody this week that uh, was uh, convicted in their heart of choices that needed to be made concerning uh, life choices, uh, concerning uh, the removal and the adding to of specific things in order to have a right relationship with God. Uh, when the, the choice to live for Christ is a life of commitment. It's a commitment to God to say, I'm not going to and I am going to live this way. Be not ashamed. Be not ashamed, number three. Be a partaker. Be a partaker. The Bible says in verse 8, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. I've written in my notes that God gives us power when we need it. We talk about suffering and uh, the, the Christian life that is lived is not expected to be easy in every uh, area of life. God gives us the power to live the Christian life. You see, the thing is, is too often Christians become discouraged because of things that come up in life. And the very reason they've reached that point of discouragement is because they've allowed the spirit of fear to come into their life. Rather than the spirit of the Holy, the, the, the Holy Spirit himself who desires to be a part of them. Notice what the Bible tells us of the spirit which God gives to us in verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. The power to serve. The power to live. The power to do what God has called us to do. The Bible says, and of love. A love for those who are not easy to love. A love for those who are not living for Christ, for the lost. And of a sound mind. That sound mind is speaking of self-control. Your, your very character and demeanor and your attitude is, uh, is an outproduct of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. It's producing a, uh, a, a self-control. It's producing a righteous anger rather than an uncontrolled anger. It's producing a, uh, a right spirit and a spirit of godliness rather than a spirit uh, that desires uh, uh, the sinful lusts of this world. And so the Bible tells us, be a partaker. And being a partaker is with that assurance of knowing that God gives us the power, verse 8. He says, according to the power of God, God will give us the power to live the Christian life. 
I can't tell you how many times in living the Christian life that I don't know how things are going to come out in the end uh, or what I'm going to say or uh, what, 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 what I'm going to do when this thing takes place and God gives me the power to do it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's the power of God. That's the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that, uh, that when the fire is burning, when we're letting the Holy Spirit have his way and that fire is burning we'll be continually stirring the gift as in we're in God's house we're in God's world we're having a prayer life we're 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 walking with God as we should be therefore it's producing an unashamed life I desire for others to know my life for Christ and we're partaker we see that it's a fellowship which we are having with God and in the privilege it is to suffer for the name of Christ and uh, seeing that God will give us the power to live. If you are living in a spirit of fear, that is to say if you're fearing and you're fretting and you're worrying about something in life, here's the truth of the matter, the biblical truth, the Holy Spirit has not been given his rightful place. The fire in your life, if it's not gone out, it's going out. You've allowed yourself to accept a different spirit than what God intends for the Christian to have and live in the Christian life. It doesn't matter what it is, you fill in the blank. If, if fear becomes a greater priority, a fear for the things of this world rather than a fear for God, when we talk about fear for God, it is a recognition of who God is and all that he's done for you, and now all that you're doing is a response of love. You're doing what you're doing because you love God. If that, if that is not you, the Bible tells us, you, you, um, you're not a partaker. You're not a partaker. You can't expect God's power in your life. And by the way, Satan will seek to do all he can to discourage you. Amen? Amen. Satan will seek to do all he can to tear you apart, to bring you to the lowest of the low, to bring you to the point in life in which you don't understand. That's just how Satan works. And that is the very, uh, uh, that is the very reason why we are... Um, told and encouraged by Paul and, the other, and yet other passages of Scripture that uh, we are to resist the devil and he will flee from us. When we resist, that idea of resisting is understanding there is a battle. The armor of God is not given to the Christian life to equip themselves with just because it's shiny and it looks nice. It's given to us to help to fight and to resist, to defend. It is a battle. We are in an army together fighting the battle for Christ. The, the goal is that we're standing in our rightful place, unashamed of Christ, unashamed of the gospel, keeping the gift of God, the Holy Spirit stirred, and embracing the fact that we are a partaker. In verse 9, the Bible says this, tells us that God has called us by His grace. God has called us by His grace. Notice verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, notice, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. The Bible tells us that Jesus has saved us and called us on the basis of his grace. How, how wonderful it is to know that by the grace of God, we are saved. Amen? Amen. The grace of God. How much grace that God has given to us. How much grace is so undeserving. The Bible tells us his own purpose 
and grace. What has God called us to? It is a holy calling, and it's according to His own purpose and grace. God will provide the necessary grace. God will provide a purpose and an understanding in the whys of life. The key is that we remain yielded to the power of His Holy Spirit in our life. It's my prayer and desire that as we step into a week of vacation Bible school, that we would be following the leading of the Holy Spirit. That we would not have a spirit of fear of what if or what will happen, but that the Holy Spirit would encourage us in the privilege that we have to live for Christ, to serve Him. Beyond Vacation Bible School, uh, may I say, may it be in our heart uh, to be Christians who are stirring up that gift, who are letting God have His rightful place in our life. The Bible tells us of Timothy, your unfeigned faith, just because you're a faithful individual, doesn't mean you don't need to stir up the gift. Christian, do you need some stirring? Do you need some stirring? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Gracious Father, I pray that you